Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DM and host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I am joined by my three regular co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Hello. 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 Uh, it's nice to see you all today. You can't see us, so I well, don't know what the fuck you're doing. You, you can hear us, I guess. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we take a seat around this virtual table and you know, play some games, have some fun. Deal with technical issues for half an hour before recording. <laughs> Bitch about Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> we have to do something while you're waiting, so yeah, why not Why not realise just how much Worf loses and everything, oh, and just how much of an insult Geordie LaForge is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> depressing reality of revisiting Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek Next Generation in 2020. Uh, how has it aged? Uh, there's still some good episodes. Still, still oh, a yeah. show, but God, the characterizations when you look back, Jesus. <laughs> some of them, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I still love Will Riker. Yeah. yeah. Once he grows the beard. <laughs> Once he grows yeah. the beard. Yeah. The beard is key. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, speaking of characters, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy, our gunslinger rogue, Sophia, our fighter cleric. And Rogar McLeod, our paladin sorcerer. And, um, I mean, guys, it's episode 99. Woo. 99! 99! Yeah. 99! We're here. <laughs> made, we, we could do that all day. We could. We've made it this far. How? Our characters are still alive. <laughs> Somehow. Again. How? I almost, I almost feel bad. I should have killed one of you by now. I mean, I mean you tried. You tried. killed side characters, NPCs. I died three times. Yeah, I mean. I've literally died three times. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys always oh, well. know how to make me feel better. I mean, <laughs> I mean, three three times in the real world. Yeah, and then one, one bonus. Time in <laughs> <laughs> one bonus death. Uh, yeah, you know what? That's the pick me up I needed to start this episode with. Let's make it a fourth. <laughs> You're all welcome. Hey. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, last episode, uh, there's not too much to recap. It was kind of a, a little bit of a wind-down episode after a big climactic fight. That uh, I think you guys needed the breather. Just a bit. Yeah. yeah. So, um, basically, you, you just decided on the plan. You were going to send Lucius off with some horses, if you could find them, to reconvene with Guard Captain Emmerich and the uh, survivors of Varadin and the people of Milshire and basically update them on what's taking you guys so long and what's been happening. Um, you inspected Jericho's house and the uh, the crash site of this entity that uh, attacked you all, the color out of space, and you didn't find too much apart from it all just being heavily infected. Um, in fact, it was notable that you did not find anything at the crash site, so you went hunting for it throughout Bloodhome, and eventually, within uh, Father Eli's old church, the Church of the Fallen Star, you found... A little rock that was getting smaller by the second. So you decided to destroy it. So, as you do. As you do. No, uh. They think to investigate it. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't know. I mean, that may have been the exact right choice. You, you will never know. In my know. head, it was just die, picky, picky, die, die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like, well, something was making the grey still be there, and this yeah. thing was gradually shrinking. So the idea that, that it was generating whatever was causing the grey to continue um seemed seemed logical to tommy at least mm. and you never know maybe another another entity would emerge from it if you didn't destroy it 
Very true. Yeah. That was the other option. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But uh, that uh, that path chosen, you destroyed it, and then you went to go meet Lucius, who had found you six horses, five of which are a little bit mutated, but you know they'll uh, they'll do in a pinch, and two uh, like wagons, wagons, that sort of carriages type thing where you can carry some people. And he gave you a fond goodbye and basically said he would be back as soon as he can, probably in like two three days, depending on uh, if he gets attacked or anything like that. And he will come meet you once the grey has faded, as you'd sort of reasoned that once the creature was gone, entities that affect the surrounding landscape, it tends to fade after a while once they die. You just don't know how long it might take. Could be a day, could be two weeks. Shrug. And yeah, he kind of bid you farewell, because the plan, once he returns, is to go meet his employer, one Oswald Underhill, a man who you've heard Lucius mentioned a few times, who seems to know the three of you and told Lucius your names before he ever arrived. So perhaps this man knows a thing or two. Hopefully it's yeah. not at all ominous and it's nice and friendly and we all have a nice chat and get on well. Yeah. He's not going to be friendly. Well, I mean... He's found us on Facebook and is stalking us. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Facebook. Um, well, I mean, Lucius hasn't been... You know, he's been pretty reasonable and pretty friendly and stuff, so... He's not thrown up any red flags so far. No, far. Uh, Seems a good guy. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we inside checked this guy anyway? I think we did when he was talking about um, Oswald the first time. I don't think we got anything out of it. Whether that was because we rolled badly or what. But um, I do feel like we checked him, checked him out the first time we spoke to him. I think you did. I vaguely remember that. I think when you were asking him about uh, how he knew Tesla and stuff like that. So, you know he... At least as far as you're aware, he hasn't lied to you so far, and he's seemed trustworthy. He went into a rather uh, dramatic danger with you guys twice, back-to-back, so... I mean, he's, 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 he's proved himself reasonably well in, in combat. He even mm-hmm. stuck around when he found out he could do absolutely nothing to the color out of space as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he did <laughs> yeah. you, though. I, I, it turns out I could kill it, so... <laughs> Eventually. Ah, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean... Who knows? Who knows why he wants to speak to us or what interesting slash terrible paths we may lead be let down. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, perhaps you will find out this episode, but right now, you guys went and had a chat with the citizens of Bloodhome and basically placed them under quarantine. Because <laughs> if they're not infected, you reason there's probably still a chance they could be, as the three of you are still infected. So the grey that is covering Bloodhome is still nasty. <laughs> and I had to think about how we wanted to do this. So I rolled last week to uh, find out how long the grey would last. Oh, and dear. I'll tell you this. It's a d10. Okay. And y'all are lucky because I rolled a three. Hey! So that is We are lucky. <laughs> that is three days. And three checks you're going to have to make to see how much worse you get. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that'll be the three of you and our four will all have to do some saves. Now, we'll do that in one go. But uh, what I was wondering is, is there anything that you wanted to do? Like a single action? So you're spending your week in, like, as far as you know, three, four, five, you don't know, a week's time in this town. Was there a single thing you wanted to do? I know Rogar started to talk about reopening the church last week. Is there like a an action yeah. you want to be taking during this like semi downtime? That that is what I 
want to do. I want to try reopen the church and try and get, you know, see if I can get some followers, you know, um, to start preaching the word of the uh, whispering man and, you know, the, my teachings in particular. Okay. So if that's what you're going to focus on, let's do this one at a time then. So Rogar, to do that, I want you to do me two checks. I want you to okay. do me a persuasion or performance. I'll let you pick. And then do me a religion check. Okay, so... That'll uh, determine what we uh, roll to see how well you do. Go for a performance check, why not? Performance. I'd start. Uh, religion. So that's an 8 on performance? Yep. The 17 on religion. Okay. So an 8. I'm only going to do this on a d4, but with a 17, I'll give you 44s. So let's see what we roll to uh, see how many people... Come attend your lectures. Okay. Okay. Um, you open up the church, and after you kind of do a few rounds on the first day, and speak to a few people who, you know, maybe are ex Kalimbo followers, or um, people who look quite sickly and are basically desperate, because I imagine that's the sort of people Rokar is looking for. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You manage to gather a morning sermon of ten people. They, uh, they come and they listen to what you have to say. I mean, is there anything particular you want to role play out as you kind of do these sermons over the next few days? What do you want to tell these people? So um, I think it's important to tell, like, obviously tell, not not use not use the actual name uh, Niali Hotep, but I want to, you know, let them know, you know, of the Whispering Man and of what he has shown me. And I want to, I want to talk about the, um, the prophet known as Varys and, <laughs> and how he was a hero and how his actions saved, you know, uh, along with my own, saved the world that we are currently in and how we defeated the evil uh, Dr. Nick. And, you know, and I want to, I want to, I want to, I don't want to sound like a fairy tale, but almost like it is a fairy tale. You kind of try to invent your own version of the Iliad or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I, and I think he, uh, I think because of the way, you know, because of what happened to Varys and all the things that happened to him, and then how you know he came out on the other side, and because he had belief in the Whispering Man, because he trusted me, how that has then paid off for him. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, that resonates with some people. So choosing Varys. So I imagine your story is kind of focuses on the hardships he faced, like the damage his body took, and how like broken he felt but still managed to find some faith and that really works yeah. well with these people who are quite badly infected and some of them you can yeah. see like bits of their bodies have started to disintegrate their minds are going a little bit some are a little bit more intact but they've all got various degrees of infection so your your choice yeah. here does seem to resonate with these people over these three days yep and you know i say i want to try and the idea is to try and you know not G them up is the wrong word, but try try and you know get through to them that if they have the if they show the same kind of faith that Varys did, they will come out on the other side and they will be okay. And what they have to do is they have to place their trust and their faith in not only myself but the Whispering Man and you know and even maybe even Varys as a as a martyr almost. Hmm. Yeah, that does resonate with them. Okay, so you you start sowing those seeds within a blood home. Yeah. Um, Let's do Tommy next. What's Tommy doing for these three days? Hmm. Well, my first thought was to um, try and um, yeah, subvert what Rogar's doing. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, help me. So so while um whilst um whilst Rogar's effectively t- re- retelling the story of Job um <laughs> to the um to the poor beleaguered masses, Tommy is going to pop in okay. on a few of those sermons more to find out what Rogar's telling these people than because of any real interest in what Rogar's actually saying. Just just to find out what what he's giving these people to believe, just so he's aware. Mm. Um, but the main thing that Tommy's worried about, and the main thing that's causing him anguish, is he's running low on ammunition, mm. really low. So he's going to be effectively breaking and entering to see if he can find ingredients um, to make up and forge new ammunition for his guns. Because as a gunslinger, not being able to use your guns is pretty. Um, pretty annoying and didn't manage to recover much ammunition from um uh from like the town from town before we left so i had had what i had on me um of which i've spent most of it now Mm. okay so well for you tommy's main thing is is guns 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 okay well for you roll me an investigation see what you find as you go around the town uh 10 10 okay so you spend the three days kind of going around, and the first couple of days, yeah, you're, you're shit out of luck. You speak to tons of the townsfolk, and you just get nowhere. But eventually, um, one person kind of points you in the direction of a house and says, "Ah, that that old fella, he always has a uh, strange items. Maybe, maybe you go ask him." Cool, yeah. Thanks, mate. All right, and uh, you head over there and knock on this uh, rather rickety-looking door in this very, like, run-down house that's still covered in grey as well. And as you open the door, this this tiny old man walks out with a little cane, and he's, like, completely hunched over. You would imagine that... Your first thought is maybe he's a halfling, but he's actually just, like, completely crooked. Hello, Gav. Uh, I'm looking for... Well, looking for a way to make ammunition. You ever heard of gunpowder? Black powder, maybe? What? Sorry, old man. I said, have you ever heard of gunpowder or black powder? Powder? You want powder? Yeah, gunpowder. Look, um... Sunpowder? Look, for fuck's sake. Show it to me. Can you read? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can read, you rude little bastard. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, you obviously can't hear, so I'm going to write down gunpowder, black powder, and I'm going to write down sulfur, charcoal, and saltpeter. He looks at it and goes, Um, oh, you're talking about the splody powder? That's the ticket. I'll give him a thumbs up. Splody right. powder. <laughs> ah, I used some to remodel my house a few years ago. I might have a little bit left. Yes, please. He uh, invites you into his home as he kind of hobbles to the back and you notice one of his walls has literally just been blown up <laughs> as he's, like, extended the kitchen. Ain't <laughs> <laughs> a good job of it, I think. I think I've got some left around here. And he starts, like, throwing, like, pots and pans out of his kitchen. He's just emptying his uh, cupboards. This man looks like if he had more stuff, he'd be a hoarder, but he's kind of poor. So he has more <laughs> Just... I'm just admiring the handiwork of the explosion. <laughs> Good effort. And he comes back with this, like, big, um, like, well, I say a big keg, but really, it's a small keg, but it's, like, uh, yeah. bigger than your hand. And 
he's carrying it. It's like, oh, it looks all heavy because he's old. And then when he passes it to you, you just like lift it up easily and go, great. And when you're looking inside, there, there's a small amount of gunpowder. You can get a few bullets out of this. So thanks, mate. Uh, have you got any more? Like, where did you get this from? Or is there a chance we can make more? I got it from a traveling salesman. Did the ticket, you though. Any of... Sorry? What'd you say? I did the job. Look at it. Like big hole. Yeah, certainly did. Right, have you got any of the other any other chemicals to use? Chemicals. Chemicals. I've got some soap. Uh alright. Never mind. Well thanks for this anyway. A few rounds at least. No. Not a problem. Now be a good boy and get the fuck out of my house. Alright, calm down, mate. So that's hitting yeah, you with his cane a little bit. Go, go, go. Oi, 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 calm down. Calm down. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. All right. Well, that was, um, wasn't a complete bust. As you're leaving, you see, um, just stood at the top of the stairs, the old woman who hated you from a few days ago is just staring at you, hissing. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give her a wink. <laughs> ah, you know Doris? Yeah. Yeah. She's a stone cold fox, mate. How'd you manage to pull her? Ah, our tale as old as time. We both grew up here. That, that's, that, that's about that's it. the end of the story. Mm. Yeah. All right, okay, well, you know, good on you. There were, there, were, there were other blokes, I'm sure, who grew up in this town who weren't quite so lucky, had to resort to goats and such. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Now, be gone. Be gone, lad. I don't need you no more. All right. All right. Well, you know, thanks S- again. <laughs> Slams the door behind you. It almost falls off the hinges. <laughs> I guess the uh, explosion didn't do any you know, favours. Did not. <laughs> okay, I'd say out of that, so what's uh, left in there, you could uh, make about six bullets. All right, well, it is something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you get with a ten. Crotchety old man and a little bit of gunpowder. <laughs> hey, you know, it could have rolled better. Investigation's not my strong suit. <laughs> He's just like, as you're having this conversation, the trader is rolling through the town with these massive kegs of gunpowder. <laughs> Won't anyone buy my black powder? <laughs> that would be Tommy's luck. Yeah. Okay, so that's your three days, giving the evil eye to Rogar and finding uh, some uh, new bullets. What about you, Sophia? What are you up to for these three days? Right, so seeing Rogar going back into the like his old church, well, his new church... I was thinking about looking at the old church, like the Temple of Kelimbor, um, and seeing if there's anybody that wants to hold memorials or burials or something for the people that died, like fat friends and family, gather them together, gather the community towards me. Okay. Away from Rogar. <laughs> Seriously, everybody's just gone... Don't like what Rogar decided to do. I'm gonna fuck him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, how is that different from like every <laughs> every other episode? <laughs> as, soon, as soon as soon as religion gets involved, you know it's going to be bad. It's like politics in America. It's just <laughs> <laughs> you know, simple sim- simple option of save yourself or nah, let's just fuck with Rogar. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you you are trying to basically you're 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 trying to bring people towards your religion, which which. Sophia fundamentally, Actually, fundamentally hates, and Tommy fundamentally hates religion. To be fair, 
I'm surprised you didn't have to make a check to see if my religion actually spoke to you as I sp- as you were watching. <laughs> and and Sophia has got the wisdom of a fish. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's only affecting my insight and perception, okay? <laughs> not my not in, not intelligence. So fuck you. <laughs> Well, I will say this. She's a very wise fish. Yeah. A very wise fish. Some of your uh, sermons do get a little bit ranty, and uh, you lose the plot a bit with your <laughs> damaged wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I think that's a good idea. I think that would resonate well with the people because a lot of people have died. So I'd say do me similar checks that Rogar did. So a persuasion or performance and a religion. But I would say you can do the uh, persuasion slash performance check with advantage. Fuck you, Rogar. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, persuasion. Come on. Wait, Chris, is it? Nice. Natural 20, 23. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) You can't can't crit a skill check. You can't crit a skill check. But a 23 is good. In fairness, in fairness to to her, the, the, the people that have survived are the ones that didn't follow. Yes. Exactly. Rogar is preying on the desperate. She is preying on those who have uh, lost someone. So, <laughs> um, religion wars, and that is what Kalimvor represents. So this is uh, doing her uh, holy work, holy duties. Exactly. And exactly. Um, roll me a religion. Okay. This one without advantage, just straight up. Twenty. Twenty. Okay. Let's see what you get. You get thirty people attending over the three days. <laughs> Suck on that, Roger. Whatever, next chance I get, I'm stabbing you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you already threw a rock in my face. To be fair, I nearly stabbed you when you were on three hit points, and I thought, ooh, I'll probably get killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this does resonate quite well with the town. They um, really do appreciate the fact that you're putting on these sermons, especially in the Temple of Kalembor. And when they all kind of see that you are a cleric of Kalembor, it kind of makes them quite happy. It's like a return to the uh, days before all this madness, and you preside over a number of like small funerals, because obviously a lot of people have passed, and they don't really have remains to bury, so it's more like saying a few words and thanking the families and consoling, that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know if there's anything specific you want to say to the people as they pass through the temple, or you have to leave it as that. It's up to you. No, nothing specific. I'm not... Um... I'm trying to remember people and console them instead of um, turning them to the dark side. Hmm. I'll say it's difficult for you, obviously, with your wisdom being impacted, but you do feel that you've done quite a good deed here. And I'll say this, on the dawn of the third day, as you sort of spend your time tirelessly helping these ex-followers of Kalimvor... As we look to the west. As she looked to the west. um, Well, first you look down, and you notice that your amulet has repaired itself. Give me back my wisdom. No. <laughs> Thought I'd give it a go. Yay, amulet! You only get one. But first, before anything else happens, we need to make some rolls. So, let's do this one at a time. Let's do it in the same order again. So, Rogar, let's do you first. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. We'll do these one at a time. Natural, Natural 20. 20. First day, your will holds strong. You feel good. Grey ain't doing nothing to you. You still don't really want to leave, but it's not addled your mind in any other way. Okay. Day number two. Roll me again. Fourteen. Fourteen. Still all good. And third and final day. 
Natural twenty. Two natural twenties. <laughs> wow. Natural twenties today. <laughs> I'm not liking this. There's too many twenties for you lot. Yeah, that's well, a lot. <laughs> don't, don't, don't worry, guys. It's my turn next. <laughs> hey, at least you've got some wisdom. Yeah, uh, true. Actually, I'm actually not too bad on the wisdom front. Yeah, I need uh, it for gunslinging. Is that a uh, episode ninety nine magic? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Go on then, Tommy. As Rogar survives his three days, and he does not get any worse. In fact, maybe his uh, preaching of the faith is uh, strengthening his resolve, but he gets through all three days just fine. Uh, 22 for me, first up. First up for Tommy, 22. Again, I mean, you still feel that pull to stay here and being walking through like the uh, the streets where all the grey is as you're kind of wandering around, going from house to house. It feels good, and you there are times where your thoughts slip and you're like, I never want to leave this place. And you, it's like you're actively trying to fight against it, but so far your your will is holding and the uh, the spread of the grey hasn't got much worse. It's on your clothes, it's on your weapons, but your body isn't starting to like crack in a fissure like Sophia's is. So day right. number two. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got to be honest that, you know, the, the, the thought of a gunpowder merchant coming through town every so often, you know, has, has definitely sold the place to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, day number two, a six. Six. It was bound to happen. Bound to happen. So day number two, unfortunately, as you're kind of feeling, ah, oh, this, this isn't too bad, then the night is just awful. You're scratching, your skin is cracking, and you feel your mind start to just, like, completely just, like, um, lose grip on things. Like, it's like you're dreaming and you're in a bit of a haze, and things are irritating more than they should be, and it's difficult to sleep. And well, that night you lose one wisdom. Join me. That's not good. It's not good. And what does that bring you down to? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. That's not too bad for you. Knocks no, off it's your, not. Uh, plus. But it's, it knocks off my, my my plus, which is annoying because, as I say, I rely on wisdom for gunslinging. You do. And that means less options. Yeah. Uh, and okay. third and final night, roll those dice. Third and final night. Another six. Joy. Ooh. You watch as a large fissure kind of cracks up your arm and you look at your chest and it's entirely grey. The grey is just spread across most of your body and you lose another point of wisdom. Can you imagine if this had been ten days? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'd be, we'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, now Sophia, give me the first roll. I don't wanna. Well, that sucks for you. I've got eight got wisdom eight. at the moment, so um, I mean, I can't die, right? Nineteen, natural twenty. Oh, because okay. I've got a minus one, you dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You spend the night feeling. Uh, some resolve from your day devoted to Kalimbor and kind of holding on to that faith that you have and it gets you through and though you are already the worst affected by the grey, you don't notice it get any uh, any worse for you. So, day number two. Come on. Fourteen? Fourteen. Wow. Still holding on there. Still keeping that faith. And day number three. Eight. Oh, I can't luck that. So, day number three. It's, it's almost getting too much to hold on and you wake up sort of screaming in pain as more of your body starts to crack and fissure and yeah you lose one more point of wisdom so painful dude so so painful yeah you're down to what seven 
Yeah, but at least it's still only a minus one. Yeah. It's not like a minus two or something stupid. Mm. And you start to feel this kind of madness set in. Like, it's not too strong yet, but you're finding yourself getting irritated at things that wouldn't normally bother you. You're starting to really not want to leave, but also get more of that just general lethargy about just not doing anything. And, uh, yeah, that is the third day. But on the third day, as all of you are kind of checking your uh, infections and seeing how you've done, and Tommy and Sophia are starting to look a little worse for wear, you notice that the grey is fading from the buildings. Oh. Mm. Why the buildings first? Why not us? <laughs> it was, how's, how's our desire to stay going? As the grey from the buildings and the town starts to fade, you no longer feel the desire to stay here. The infection on yourselves remains, but you're no longer bound to this location. So if we try and leave? You don't feel like it would stop you. In fact, anyone in the town who's infected no longer feels like they're stuck here. Oh, what about the little boy? Um, he is Charlie. Not, not doing well. Oh. Three more days of infection. He is barely holding on. We need to find a cure. I mean, it's going, but... don't think there is a cure. Something to stay its effects or reverse some of it. I assume the uh, three of you have been staying at Tessa's this time? Or yeah. Um, I'm going to say I've probably been sleeping in the church if there is a place where I can sleep. Yeah, certainly. You can take Father Eli's old uh, room. But, uh, I guess yeah. the three of you meet up in the morning and compare, compare infections. Yep. Check out this deep cavern I got down my arm. Fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you, you guys aren't looking, uh, aren't looking too sweet, but uh, not much grey on me. Oh, you kind of already are grey, mate, because you are partially ghoulified. Well, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't be able to see that because of, the, because of my pallid mask. <laughs> and I'm wearing full I've, I've, I've seen <laughs> under the pallid mask. <laughs> Ours is permanent. At least we don't have to look like you. So how do you know I'm not blue again? I swear you've lifted. You've you lifted the pallid mask since we've been about. We've seen it. We've seen your face. You might. You might have suddenly turned blue overnight, but I doubt it. <laughs> Come on, mate. We need to. We need to do something about this. I. I feel like I can leave now. Whether hopefully Lucius is going to come back today, but I wonder if we're going to get any worse. Now the grey's gone from the buildings. Well, as you guys are kind of breakfasting and getting ready in the morning, um, Lucius does make his way into the town and is kind of shouting around until he finds you guys as he basically has got here as early as he could once he noticed the grey was disappearing. And uh, he is alone. He has no horses or carriages with him. He just sort of wanders into the town. Lucius, yes, you made it. Cousin! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did indeed, my friends. I... Uh, I rendezvoused with your uh, companions over in Middleshire. The uh, your your guard captain Emmerich was a uh, quite a dust man. Until I showed him the note that you gave me, he did wonder if I had killed you all. But yeah, I, I thought that might be the case. Thought that the note might be helpful. Yes. Well, once I showed him that, he put away his sword, and we were able to actually uh, converse a little bit. I told him of your dire situation. He. Um, well, he gave his apologies for sending you here, apparently. Um, seemed to feel it quite bad did. about the whole thing. Well, I guess it wasn't his fault. He, he didn't know how, how badly it had turned. No, I did he tell be, him that. But, uh, yeah. He'd been locked up in a dungeon for 
months before we rescued him. So, you know, fair, fair, fair enough, really, on his part. Yes. But your uh, survivors were glad for the carriages and the horses. Um, I told them to stay in Milshire for now and just keep defending the village. I assume that was for the best. Yeah, I think so. Um, then come in here. Yes. Well, especially not if we're going to go and um, visit your lord and master. Indeed. Um, I said that I would find you, take you uh, on one quick detour, and then you would return to Milshire to uh, lead them onwards. I did say I wasn't entirely certain how long it would be, so um, I told them to prepare as many rations and uh, do some local wildlife hunting to help stock the town up and so on. It might be a while, but thankfully it seems to have only taken three days for this effect to fade. I take it the three of you feel okay to leave? Oh, feel okay to leave. Don't actually feel okay, though. Have you seen? Look at this fucking great crack. Are you showing him your ass or? No, I'm showing the big, big... <laughs> No, I'm showing him the big cut like groove in my arm where my skin is literally cracked. Mm. And Sophia now actually has like a crack that goes across her cheek all the way up to her eye. She's not looking in a good state. And Rogar is sat there and is like, I'm gonna be honest, mate, do I look fresh as a daisy or what? <laughs> Yes, it seems you are not faring too badly yet. I can see how some people have managed to last longer than others. Seems to be, uh, well, a very peculiar infection. Travels at different rates for different people. <laughs> it's a matter of faith, my friend. A matter of turning up later than the rest of us. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it was, at least you're all still alive. Um... I would say this, I did not encounter any uh, gnolls, giants, trolls, any issues like that when I head to Milshire, so hopefully your people are still in relative safety for now. Whatever attacked them initially has moved on. Well, hopefully we killed most of the ones around this part and the stragglers. Don't know where the main party is, and at this moment in time, don't frankly care. Mm. Well, Bigger fish to fry, as it were. Well said. Well, if the three of you are already good to go and don't feel any great pull to stay here, I would suggest we head off as quickly as possible. We could make it to Oswald's before dark, I would say. Really? That close? It's not too far. Getting there is not much of a problem. Uh, getting in is slightly more difficult, but uh, luckily you'll have me with you. What okay. are the chances well... that we could um, find a... that he'll know of what to do with uh, Charlie? You know, he's he's only a kid. Yeah, Lucius kind of like looks a bit uh, distraught at that because he sort of remembers that Charlie was in the worst state. As uh, yes, the poor lad. I I have to hope that if Oswald inspects the three of you, he will know what is causing this and maybe know a way to remove it. If that is the case, perhaps he can prepare something that I can bring back to Charlie. That is the only hope I have right now. All right, so it all rests on him then. As plan as good as any. Listen, um, you say he's a bit of a recluse. What what exactly should we expect when we get there? He's not the kind that's gonna, if we say the wrong thing, just like hit us in the face with a fireball, is he? I may have never known him to be a particularly violent man. He is um, a little secretive and a little, how do you say, peculiar. I guess that comes with the territory, as he is a bit of a diviner. They see things, they know things that others do not, and it makes them a little bit uh, jumpy at times. 
Frankly, I'm not entirely certain why he does not leave his tower, but I've heard it's common occurrence for wizards. They, uh, when they get a little bit older, they like to stay in their towers and never leave. So not certain why Oswald has chosen to do this, but I guess it's not incredibly out of the ordinary. I've heard those things about wizards as well. I mean, I will say it's a little odd that he never leaves. Like I have, I have never seen him outside the tower, and no, no matter the job, whether it is menial or difficult, he will send myself. So he is steadfast in not going anywhere. He is probably the most knowledgeable man I have ever met. So if anybody can help you, it is him. Uh, he's got to be worth a shot, hasn't he? At this point, can't see anyone else jumping forward to give us a hand. Quite. Yeah. Right. So, well, lead on then, mate. Unless anyone else has got anything they want to do before they leave, I I, I know you both were doing some god bothering with the locals. So if you want to go say goodbye to your congregations or something, I was uh, giving them peace. I'm uh, I'm oh, go on. I was just gonna say that. Like, I, I, I frankly, I, yeah, whatever. Just if you want to go and talk to them before we go, that's what I was just saying. I don't I don't hold any truck with it. But you know that. You know that. As I say, was there anybody who seemed to take to my sermons more than anyone else? Was there anybody who stood out to me? Maybe even looked a bit healthier than the rest, per se. Yeah, I'd say you could pick out someone who was uh, maybe a little bit more sitting at the front row, hanging off your every word. Okay. Um. So, uh, before I leave. This might be a bad idea, but... This is almost because... certainly a bad idea, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Before I leave, I want to let that... I want to let him look at the King in Yellow. Okay, so, um... <laughs> as you head off to the uh, Church of the Fallen Star, you uh, see, um... Oh, I shouldn't have suggested anything. <laughs> <laughs> you see, um... A younger man, you'd probably say maybe like 20, 21, um, you've spoken to him directly a few times his name's daniel and he has been like your most <laughs> attentive listener during all of these sermons and okay. he's already sort of there waiting for your uh, daily speech to start yeah so i i, I kind of you know as as i want to bring him in and bring him up to the front with me and um, mm -hmm. before i'm about to you know deliver the sermon for the day and i want to, and i'm just gonna say well daniel i know you've been you know you you're like my star pupil and I feel as though I need to leave this place as I need to go and I need to spread the word further. I need to go and I need to reach out to more people across the lands. But I want you to stay here in my stead. I want you to lead these people to their destiny and to help you along the way. Just, I'm going to show you this book. It's very important to our religion, very important to our faith. And I just want you to, you know, have a read, see how you feel, and then I want you to base your teachings on this. The book will come with me, but you can then go from here and lead on. And uh, yeah, I'm going to pull out the uh, the king in yellow so he can have a bit of a gander. He kind of looks a little bit taken aback. I mean, he's very... Uh, he looks like he's just kind of your typical, almost street urchin-y kind of look... And if this was a big city like Baradin, you'd find him probably hanging out with the gangs or something. But he's making his uh, a small, simple life here. But he has been just enraptured with your teachings. And what what did you have people call you? Did you just go with Rogar? Did you use your uh, Harbinger title? Or what did you? How did they address you? 
the way the way I always managed it is people address me as um, I want to say people address me as Shogun. Hmm. Fair enough. Um, you know, and uh, but as I, I, I'm saying, you know, as I'm speaking to Daniel, I want him to know that I'm giving him the, you know, because I'm giving him the responsibility, I'm giving him the privilege to call me by my, you know, by my first name, by Grogar. You know, okay. it's, it infuse that trust a little bit more. He kind of like nods at you as you like put the book out in front of him. Goes, oh, thank you, Shogar. I, I, I mean, Rogar. Thank you. I, I will do my best. Let me, let me just take a look at this quickly, and then I, I, I won't hold you up any longer. And he opens the king in yellow. He's illiterate. <laughs> Can't read uh. a damn word of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just letters. I thought you said this was a picture book. <laughs> damn it. Rogar, this doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, so he looks through like page after page and you watch as his, his eyes he, like he doesn't even blink his eyes just glow like bloodshot as he's just going through page after page after page gets to the end and almost like opens it up and has a quick look through again and it takes him like four or five run throughs before you start like shutting the book because you don't know if he's ever going to stop unless you intervene and then yeah. as you kind of pull it away he's sort of he has this kind of manic look in his eyes as he sort of puts both hands on the altar just where the book used to be and he sort of keeps nodding and goes I see I see I understand yes yes Rocker, I, I will I will speak to the people I will make them they will understand I know my boy I know they will and I have faith may the black star shine upon you Rocker. I will do my part. Awesome, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll proffer a hand to and uh, le- le- leave the uh, leave the flock in his capable hands. Mm. You uh, say your goodbyes as the rest of them are starting to come in for the morning sermon, and uh, Daniel leads the show for today. Everyone else oh, yeah. ready to uh, set off? So, so you know, you know how like you know, you, we, we pass through towns and places and on, on our travels as adventurers and i'm sure there's there's, there's, the, there's the whole temple of yig town and stuff and all and i'm sure that they'll, they'll still remember the um that the, the guy who slithered like a snake and all that kind of thing <laughs> as we go along and i just i just love the fact that we're going to leave this place potentially and never never return but but even if we do the the, the idea that we, we, we came here we started formed two religions which are mortally opposed to one another, and we're just going to leave. We're like, carry on, guys. <laughs> there is clearly going to be a religious war here between the like twenty surviving people. And... Okay, there was at least forty. Okay, fine. The, the forty surviving people. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like this 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 may be the worst thing we've done in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> I don't because, know what you're because, talking about. Because but... we murdered we murdered everyone, fair enough, who was evil in this town. And then have started, you know, divided the, the survivors into two camps who are going to hate each other. You have kind of left a power vacuum. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey-ho, you know. <laughs> okay. Let's, 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 you know, the first thing we need is a society's division. Oh. <laughs> uh. So, that it then? You guys are heading off with Lucius? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, unless Sophia wants to say goodbye to her flock and bestow her power onto an individual and tell him to lead against um, 
<laughs> really not. I'm just thinking, like, is Charlie better with us? But I'm thinking, if he, he's that close, we're going to be there before night. We could always just run back and heal people. I mean, that's entirely up to you. I mean, you, you can ask if you can take him with you if you want, but well, I'd leave I'm that in sure. your judgment. I'm not sure if we should bring... I'll, I'll approach can't, Lucius and be like... He can't leave, can he? No, um, unless he can now, because we can. You would assume with the grey being gone, anyone who was bound here can leave now. But Charlie right. is not in a good state. He's basically, like, almost comatose. I mean, we'd, we'd have to carry him. Yeah. Yeah, but I was just thinking of, um... Maybe ask Lucius if if um, this would be a child-friendly trip. Um, whether or not we should talk to Tessa and Harold to see if they think that Charlie would be up for it. If there's even a chance that he could be healed just like that, or would they rather we just left and tried to come back? Uh, Lucius will kind of shake his head a little bit and goes, I... I must admit, I'm not sure. Um, we will be travelling back through the woods to reach my master's tower, but it was you yourselves who told me that there are roaming bands of gnolls uh, and other horrible things out there. I mean, I cannot guarantee his safety. My plan was that we make absolute haste and find out what's going on, but it's up to you guys if you wish to speak to Tessa and try to convince her to bring Charlie. Or let you I take mean, Charlie. I'm going to say to Tessa... That it's an option if she I don't want to say no you can't there's nothing that we can do for him hmm. um, it's up to her if she wants to take the risk yeah I mean I'll say this like if you propose it to her sh her natural reaction will be to say no but if you wish to make a persuasion you can try to convince her that's up to you if you want to like push it so, like initially she'll like kind of shake her head and be like no I like I don't know how dangerous it is out there right now but if you guys if Lucius, and he kinda, she kind of looks over to her, her old friend. Like, if you can bring something here, I'd, I'd prefer that. But do you wish to make a persuasion and try to convince her to give you Charlie, or what's your thoughts? I'm not going to come if they're not going to come. I'm not going to persuade them if they're not going to come willingly, you know. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm good, but I'm also... I don't want their well, lives mean, it, in my hands. Exa exactly. I think I think if you're, if you're, if you're going to gonna weigh it up there is still danger out in the woods yeah uh, and and the the, the the thought of him either being you know being killed on the way there or worse getting healed and then being killed on the way back yeah seems it seems like it's it's, it, oh, it's a good idea but i think he you know if, if she'd been up for it then yeah mate then we probably would have done it but i think if yeah. she's not up for it then let's 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 not push it. You don't want it. Don't want it to be on you. Yeah, He's exactly. dying anyway. But if maternal you get killed, instincts. <laughs> yeah. maternal instincts are stronger than whatever fleeting idea I had. Well, it's 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 hard to tell at the moment whether it would have been the best idea or not. I mean, her natural reaction is just to keep him here. But we shall find out how dangerous it is as uh, you guys decide to follow Lucius, and he is going to try to set a pace. He's not doing this stealthily. He wants to get you guys there as soon as possible, because Sophia looks in a terrible state. Um, <laughs> Tommy doesn't look too good either. I mean, Rogar's looking okay so far, but he is still infected, so who knows how long this will uh, go on for if it's untreated. Perhaps it will just kill you all eventually. 
Hey, hey, hey. It's all about looks with you, isn't it? We look awful. Bloody hell. <laughs> I mean, you're acting all, like, irritated and uh, you're oh, slowly yeah. losing your mind, so he's got other sneaking suspicions that this isn't good. <laughs> can, can I, yeah, if, if we go, I'm, I'm quite happy to set a pace, but I, I want to sort of stress that as we, if, we, if we're making, making haste, uh, Tommy's still going to be very alert because we're going back into the woods again. <laughs> you don't like the woods. Don't like the woods. So any 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 sort of kind of um, noise or rustle of leaves or anything is is going to get Tommy alert, making them perception checks. So we are we are still making making haste. I'll still be moving, but just just imagine Tommy's head just on a stalk, just like what's that? What's that? What's that? It's a mushroom. The um the the, the paranoia is not great when I'm in the woods. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're keeping your eyes open, but you guys are running, so yeah. there's a, there is a chance you are spotted by things, but nothing stops you on the way there as far as you're aware. Nothing attacks you, there's no wolves that jump you. and you I spend, get sniped. Yeah, you don't get sniped, <laughs> but you do spend yeah. most of the day running, and it's probably about like 4pm-ish by the time you get to an interesting view. As you come to the end of a tree line, and you see a open... Partial, like a bit like an open sort of field that leads to a tower that overlooks a bit of like a cliff edge, like it's right on the edge. And the tower is plain as day, and you're about probably like 600 feet away from it for when the tree line stops. And uh, Lucius kind of puts his hand up as you guys break the tree line and goes, Okay, here we are. But why does everybody have to live in a fucking tower? I mean, Solara is fucking, well, it's a spire, but still. Uh, Sophia, right? Yeah. One of one of one of the things is is you you tend to go into um the arcane arts, or at least it seems to be, because uh, you're compensating for something. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get reasonably powerful, you get a bit of money, you get a bit of recognition, um, you decide to build a giant phallic statue <laughs> somewhere that you then live in. So I'm not saying anything about wizards in general, but. Hey, my my dad's got towers in his house. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Multiple, which I guess fits with his whole philosophy. Yeah, yeah. It's a good insight. It's a good insight. There you go, you see, you know, wizards, incels. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to show you You, you the tower. You guys never heard if you make it to 30, you become a wizard. That is how most of them are made. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys can all see the picture I just showed. Oh yeah, I can. Yep. Yes. That's a um, pretty pretty epic looking um, tower. One of those um, weird ones that kind of starts in one place and weaves its way up at different angles. Yeah, you see this thing, and it's kind of like there is an air of magic about it as you look at this like tall sort of coppery bronze looking tower that uh, definitely yeah, draws it, the it, eye. <laughs> If it feels 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 like the council would not have allowed that to go up, yes. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Health and safety would have a field day because <laughs> some of those columns are definitely not load bearing. Yet it still seems to be standing pretty well. Yeah, and you guys are say are about like five six hundred feet away from this thing, and it looks huge from there. So it's uh it's pretty impressive that this guy seemingly just owns this place or built it or took it over from someone else. You don't know with the wizards; they're a, a peculiar sort. But um, Lucius kind of stops you and goes, Right, so um, this is where things get a little bit fun. Um, Rogar, do me a favor. Walk towards the tower. Uh, yeah, okay. Can I make like a perception check before I do that? Go for it. 
that's that's just scary. Uh, is it? Well, I'm going I'm to make it based on sight, so... Yeah. yeah. It's 15. 15. Looks like a nice open plain with a little bit of a lake behind the tower. Nice little cliff face. Looks nice. Go for it. Uh, yeah, go on then. I'll walk towards the tower. <laughs> so you guys watch as Rogar takes a couple of steps, and then suddenly you hear him go, ow, as he walks into a tree behind you. Like, you blink and he's not there anymore, and he's just walked face first into a tree. Awesome. So I'm um, gonna look at um, Lucius and be, you know, a little, a little bit pissed off. Not that you can see under the mask, but I'm just gonna be a bit like, so pointing that was you're just being a dick or what? Well, I find uh, practical demonstration is normally the quickest way to uh, show these things off. Basically, if uh, you don't know the trick to this, you're never getting near that tower. As I say. Oswald is a man who likes his privacy and likes not to leave, so uh, getting in and out is not simple. Okay. Um, now, there are two ways to get in. One, what, is one of you by any chance an exceptionally powerful wizard who can dispel all these enchantments? I mean, clearly I am. Okay. <laughs> so you've heard of the great prowess of uh, Tommy the Wizard? <laughs> Well, you know, all I can say is I definitely got a magic missile. <laughs> oh, God. Right, well, no, obviously not. Um, jokes aside, yeah, we're not getting in that way, are we? No, which means you need to know the trick. So, what I want all of you to do is I want you to look at the tower and basically get a really good picture of it in your head for about uh, 10, 15 seconds. Really, like, study the details, study the door, get exactly the sort of best view of it you can. This isn't a sex thing, is it? Um, I don't know how you've been having sex. Maybe the clergy do it a little bit differently, but uh, this is not how I normally do it, no. Okay, just just check it. I mean, you, you, you were thinking stare at the uh, big phallic symbol for a little while. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I get that. I mean, it's a bit, bit pointy, this one. <laughs> I mean, I miss Solara. <laughs> so Tommy, Tommy, Tommy stares intently at this tower. Yeah, it's, it's a nice tower. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's it's nice to see architecture in the wilderness. Mm. You know, good, 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 solid buildings. Yep, so you get a really good look at it, and goes, okay. Now that you've got a good mental picture, close your eyes, and then what I want you to do is take five steps backwards, no more, no less. So he kind of waits for all of you to sort of close your eyes, and uh, I take it you all follow his instructions. Yeah, yeah. Even though we feel really stupid. Yeah, uh, you can feel I just very can I, stupid? Can I just just um, insight check him just quickly? Go for it. As as, as I listen to it, just just because you know, haven't done it for a little while. Um, that's a I double clicked that one for some reason. As a thirteen, we'll take the first one. Okay, uh, thirteen plus four with Rogar. No, it's for saves. Oh, sorry. Uh, you 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 could have um, inspired me, but I didn't say I was going no. to do it. And if I said I was going to do it, that might have defeated the object. So. Yeah. I am going to check your truthfulness. Hold still for a minute <laughs> while I am blessed. <laughs> <laughs> um, 13, he seems to be being straight up with you. Can't really uh, tell. He's being a bit uh, jokey with you all. But uh, it seems like he's I mean, telling the truth. I'm just going to say, as, as, I, as I step back the five steps, I better not fucking walk into a tree. <laughs> just make sure that you don't take four steps or six steps, trust me. Well, I, Tommy's very clear at counting. Mm. Hmm. Guess you guys are as well. Yeah. So, 
all three of you, plus our four, who I actually forgot to roll the wisdom off. Ooh, shit, we forgot about that. Ah, uh, fuck. Roll me uh, some R4 wisdom saves, because uh, it's important for him too, as he was following Tommy around the town. A uh, 14. 14, passed. A 2. two. Fails, drop minus wisdom. 1, and a 9. Oh, one more. What's that put him down to? 5. <gasps> 5, exactly. Yep. Oh. Once a creature's wisdom score drops below five. Okay, okay. You're still... He's not doing great, but, uh... Yeah, five. He's not a wise robot right now. He is not a wise robot. Father. I kinda he does... never was, yeah. but <laughs> significantly worse now. Yeah. Father, are we off to see the wizard? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, yes. <laughs> yes, we are, R4. <laughs> uh... See, I dismissed my hyena, by the way. Okay, so no more hyena. No That's more fine. Hyena. Um, Makes things easier. Yeah, and you can roll. You can just pull another one out of your sack. So yeah. it's been three days. You guys are pretty much restored of most things. I would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so the three of you do the five steps, and then after you kind of have a a moment, you will open your eyes, and all four of you, all four included are stood in front of the tower and you see Lucius about 500 yards away about 500 feet away waving at you all yeah. hello I guess that that's um, that's counterintuitive enough to uh, keep most of the uh, brigands and I don't know what else lives in woods bears <laughs> dinosaurs whatever out as you're saying that Lucius appears next to you and goes Yes, well, there is one last thing that you have to get past in case you get past the um, enchantment there. And he uh, walks up to this large, like, double door and knocks on it. And then kind of hits a few more times and kind of knocks out a little tune. And then you watch as a face appears within the door. Kind of, like, forming out of the oaken wood. It's a bit weird. Oh, it's you, Lucius. I was hoping I'd get to eat someone. Ah, uh, it's okay, Paul. Don't worry about it. It's, uh... <laughs> These are friends. And yes, I am naming this uh, weird enchanted creature after one of our patrons, Paul. <laughs> Pull the door. Pull the door. <laughs> and I cannot do an impression of you all, Paul, so this is the voice you're getting. <laughs> and you seem more northern. <laughs> more northern more northern god uh, people struggle enough to understand us Ah, <laughs> uh, I see you're bringing guests to the master he doesn't like guests Lucius you know this yes yes well it'll be okay he's, he's expecting these ones don't worry about it just uh, open up fine and you watch as the face disappears and the door sort of swings open. Uh, he's a little bit cranky. I think he gets that from the master, to be honest. But uh, he's a good good guard creature. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a bit freaky. Demon doors common around here? Ah, not super common, no. Okay. Oswald uh, knows a thing or two about a thing or two, I think. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Paul, yeah? Yes, it's... Uh, not quite certain where that name came from, to be honest with you. Uh, Oswald always just told me to call him that. Fair enough. Maybe yeah. he um, exchanged good currency for that name. Right, 
<laughs> Perhaps some sort of dark deal was struck. We will never know. Lucius, I, I, we we were able to get in, but how do we get out again? Oh, don't you worry about that. We'll, uh... No, 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 no. I'm, I am going to worry about it. How do we get back out again? Um, so... Did... There is only one way to get out. Um, Oswald must give you permission to leave. Fuck. Kind of a uh, final fuck you to anyone who comes in and kills him, you know? Uh, I guess that makes sense, but let's you hope really he should likes have told us that. Should have yeah. told us that, dude. Well, we're, um, look. We're not, we're not well liked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, look, I worried if I said that before, you might not come with me. And frankly, it's quite important that he meets you. He was very insistent before I left, so. Kind of shrugs at you guys. Are you, you're not not telling us anything else that we need to know, are you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Go on, let's, uh, let's go find the old man. Insight check him! Uh, 21. Natural 20. <laughs> um, he's being, like, a little generally cagey, but you don't doesn't seem like he's holding something key back from you. At least nothing he knows. Well, that was a waste uh, of a nat 20. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get for getting so many nat 20s. But hey, I haven't got one yet today. That's yeah, my first yeah. one. Everything else has been like fucking sixes. Y'all are a collective of rollers. I don't treat you individually. <laughs> Rogar's been stealing all my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Speak to yourself. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking up here, man. <laughs> uh, right, I guess we're going to follow him then. I mean... We can't leave, I, I, so... I mean, as, as, I'm definitely going to be... Um, taking in my surroundings though as we make our way inside hmm. you know what um as you're heading inside how about all of you do me some uh, perception checks and see if you see anything interesting cool cool uh 24 from tom 18 from me and a 10 with advantage <laughs> fucking wisdom yeah i'm, I'm, guess I'm, I'm guessing sophia was just like still taken aback by the fact that we we maybe can't leave this place this is the second <laughs> place we've been to in the last few days that we might not be able to fucking leave <laughs> <laughs> that is a good point yes that's also why i didn't tell you i thought you might be a little freaked out by that <laughs> don't worry it'll all be cool don't don't uh, don't stress be cool, man. Be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's almost like you've been through some traumatic experiences or something. It's fine. <laughs> ah, so, uh, yeah. Sophia, with a 10, you are a little overwhelmed as you walk into this uh, wizard's tower, which is full of just tables of, like, half-finished experiments. There's various vials and potions and things bubbling and smoking. And, like, Lucius is leading you through a few rooms, and then he's going to start taking you up through, like, a spiral staircase that takes you to the upper levels and this whole place is kind of overwhelming and all of you feel just a general magic to the air like it's literally like crackling in the air this whole place um is just like infused by it and you don't know how many of these items that he's just got like hanging on the walls like there's a rug on the floor there's like weapons all along some of the walls you don't know how many of these things are enchanted and it, whether it's a good or a bad enchantment you're not certain you're getting the idea that this guy maybe he's got a few security concerns given all the trouble he's going to to uh, keep people <laughs> out and then keeping them in when they're in um this place is full of magic, is what you're very quickly discovering, even with a 10. Um, Rogar with an 18 and Tommy with a 24, both of you spot this as you're heading up to the upper levels and you're making your way to what you have to assume is either 
Oswald's lab or his study, something where he's currently holed up in. And you notice, as you're going by, there is a table on one side with that actually looks a little bit mundane compared to everything else here. Um, but it is a small kind of side table full of small painted pictures. Mm. Can I take a closer look yeah. at the painted pictures? Yeah, both of you roll me an investigation. Oh my god, this is going to turn into the table incident again, isn't it? What did it do? <laughs> uh, 23! <laughs> yeah. 23. Um, I'll say this, so you learn two different things based on... Um, Things you both already know. Uh, I'll do Tommy first. As you're kind of looking through all these pictures, you see um, one person shows up in all of them. It's a painting of a rather um, small halfling, who you'd say, given that you know Valman, uh, he's halfling looks about middle age. You'd probably, for a halfling, you'd put maybe 210, 230 years old, so like top end of middle aged. A bit older than Valman, but not like ancient by halfling standards. Um, and obviously in some of these paintings he looks younger than others, but it's the same man, and you reason that this man you're seeing over and over again is probably Oswald through the years. But in every single one of these paintings you're seeing him with different people, like different groups. Sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's two or three, and they all look quite young, and they're all dressed in, like, wizard's robes, and you get the quick impression that all these people were maybe people he's taught wizardry to over the years. And, like, maybe at some point he was either a professor or a private wizarding tutor or something. Like, if you ask Sophia about this sort of thing from, like, a noble perspective, you know that nobles or people with money will hire wizards to tutor their children to uh, get them all kind of trained up on the uh, wizardly ways. And it looks like perhaps this is the sort of thing that Oswald used to do back when he used to leave this tower. So, so like a second son kind of profession, you know, that the eldest inherits and the second son goes off and becomes wizard. Or exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Now, as you're going through all of these and Tommy, you sort of point this out like, oh, these guys look like students or something. Rogar with your yeah. 22. Your eyes are drawn to one portrait in particular, uh, one painting in particular. And you see Oswald looking, say, around middle aged for a halfling. And you see him there with two students, one who is about the same height as him, so you assume is probably also a halfling, and one who is a fair bit taller than him, who appears to be a young human. And with a 22, you don't think, despite all the deformities you saw later in his life, that you will ever forget the face of Dr. Nick. <laughs> oh! And as you turn the painting over, you do see it's like sort of signed on the back. And it's um, it says, to the greatest teacher we've ever known, your students and friends, Nick, and finish. Can, can I can I can I try and take the painting? Um, you can shove it in your bag of holding, but if you want Lucius not to spot it, it's going to be a, a sleight of hand. Well, um, I tell you what, uh, I'll I'll, I'll try I'll try a different approach. Yo, Lucius, um. You know, the, you see the this picture here, and I'm going to pick it up and hold it up to him. Mm -hmm. Any chance you know anything about this guy, or any chance I can ask Oswald about him? No, just think I know him. Uh, Lucius walks over and kind of takes the painting from you and looks at it and goes, um, I can't say Oswald has talked to me much about his old students. Um, I'm sure he'd be happy to uh, regale you with stories of all the uh, wizards he's taught over the years. Excellent, excellent. I'm just going to... I'm just going to take this with me, just so, you know, I can give him that 
that reminder by showing him the picture. I'm sure you're okay with that. Um, yeah, as long as you don't damage it, I'm sure he won't mind. Oh, of course, of course, of course. I'll, uh, I will keep it pristine. I'm going to, um, while, while they're chatting, I'm going to kind of say, hey, Sophia, looks like he was, uh, some kind of shooter or something. Isn't that something that, um, you know, second sons do? Any Anyone you recognise? I don't know. Do I recognise anybody or am I too busy in awe? Ah, uh, you can do an investigation, see if you recognise anyone. Come on. Eleven. Uh, eleven, no one immediately jumps to mind. But what you do notice with an eleven is that some of these portraits are quite old. Um, so they're probably not your generation of nobles, but maybe he taught the odd person who maybe, like, was your father's age or your grandfather's age, given he's a halfling. He's been alive for a long time, so... You see, like, a few yeah. facial features, you're like, ah, maybe that's one of the noble houses? You're not certain. Uh, yeah, it's just, just, fair, just, just they might be not from Varadin, you know. That as well. Yeah. Like, you assume this is probably going on all over the world, if uh, Oswald is as powerful as a wizard as he sounds like he might be. Yeah, worth a pun. It could have been, could have been someone you might have recognised from your, your days previously. You never know. Not a bad shout, but nah, sorry, mate. Okay, so, uh... Those checks done. Are you happy to go in and uh, speak to Oswald? As uh, Lucius is taking you forward. Definitely. I guess so. Maybe. Kind of want to see if there's a um, a giant stuffed crocodile somewhere. <laughs> I don't know why. It just feels like there should be. Well, when you do enter what is quite a large uh, study, one thing you do notice in the room is a number of suits of armor that are just sort of stacked on the sides, like stood up. And against the two back corners, you see two large, to call them statues would be a little uh, favorable. They're more like misshapen golem type creatures, but they're stood perfectly still, like almost like they're like a still life sculpture. They don't seem to be like moving or anything, but they, they look kind of intimidating. Seem to be. Probably, feel, probably feels like they might move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna gonna kind of nudge the others and just make them aware. Any any, any other threats as we walk into the room? Or potential, <laughs> potential or otherwise. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, no, apart from that, you just see um, a halfling gentleman who is getting up there a little bit in years, and I'm going to show you all the picture just to give you a bit of a mental image of what this guy looks like. But he looks very. Typically wizardly, as in he's wearing some uh, rather colourful robes. He's got a, a bit of parchment that he's working on. He's got a small staff kind of like tied to his side. Um, and yeah, he's got a nice little uh, white beard that's just trying to uh, signify a bit of age to him. But uh, that you are greeted by Oswald Underhill as he turns to look at you all as you enter and nod you a welcome. Ah, Tommy, Sophia, Rogar, Arthur, Lucius. It's good to see you all got back safe. Well, safe might be a strong word. Um, I presume, uh, Oswald, I presume? Ah, uh, the very same. For all my sins, I am Oswald Underhill. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintances, finally. You, you, you have a, a I feel, a, a somewhat of a disadvantage in that you, um, you seem to know rather a lot more about us than we know about you. Well, I try to have everyone at a disadvantage. That's uh, mm. one of the perks that comes with wizardry. 
But, um, yes, the three of you have been plaguing my mind as of late, so I fear I know quite, quite a bit. More than I would like to know, frankly. But come, take a seat, take a drink. We should discuss this in comfort, at least. And he kind of snaps his fingers and um, a bunch of chairs just materialize in the middle of the room. And then a coffee table kind of almost grows out of the ground and appears. And his table and his chair that he sat in animates and walks over to the table and just sort of sits in there. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to kind of saunter over and um, kind of lounge into a chair. Really? Yeah, I'm, th I'm thinking Conor McGregor walk over to the chair that's closest to him and uh, pop myself in that. Yeah, I think I, th I I I feel like you know I, Tommy is now so out of his depth, right? That there's only one way forward, and that's feigned confidence. <laughs> was it the uh, <laughs> Was it the walking chair that finally broke Tommy? <laughs> I think it was the walking chair that finally broke Tommy. And do you know what? Do you know what? I mean, the fucking the fucking door started talking to us. <laughs> chair walked. The table just appeared. We've just fucking teleported do, do you know what it doesn't even matter anymore whatever we're in cuckoo land it's yeah. beauty and the beast all over like, again yeah I'm just, just, I'm just gonna put my feet up on the table and relax because who gives a fuck <laughs> <laughs> when he um, sees kind of Sophia hesitating a little bit as the rest of you guys come over he looks up and goes come on now Sophia hurry up I put the tea on exactly three minutes ago and it'll be getting cold soon I'm going to gingerly go over and like maybe pick up my chair see if it's like been animated by something and then sit on it <laughs> did you say a chair <laughs> what Tommy's, I'm sure you said see if it's a chair yes I did <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like tapping on it it's like it is definitely wood it's definitely a chair <laughs> <laughs> definitely a real chair seems yep. seems safe enough yeah it's not alive, is it? It's not a face gonna start popping out at stupid places. Well, that could be worrying. Exactly. I'm saying. Oswald kind of shakes his head. Not unless I want that to be one day. Now, come on, sit down. I sit gingerly. Ah, so, thank you all for accepting my invitation. I did, I must admit, wonder when I first sent Lucius off whether he'd actually return with all three of you, but... It's good to know that uh, my predictions still hold some weight. Uh, I mean, you see, had he come on us in more favourable circumstances, perhaps we may have been a little bit more reticent to follow him. But seeing as we are, how do I put it, crumbling, you may be the only gentleman within the area with any kind of idea of how to help us. And I would like to point out Lucius has been a very, very true gent. He's helped, he's helped us out in um, all our escapades in Bloodholm. Um, but we did save his life, so you're welcome. Well, I am glad you have returned my employee, and he is in one piece, which is nice to see. Also does not appear to be suffering from a horrible infection like the three of you are, and your robotic gentleman. <laughs> well, I'm still not sure how robots catch like, diseases, but... Yes, that is curious. Now, I have a few things to discuss with all of you, and I 
I'm not going to ignore the elephant in the room. I currently have you all at quite a disadvantage in that I think what you're suffering from might get a lot worse before it gets better. And I don't want any of you to feel like I am attempting to coerce you with anything I may ask, so I will promise you this. No matter how these conversations go, I will examine you, and if it is within my power, I will help you recover. Do we have an agreement on that at the very least? That anything said after this point is merely one person talking to another? There is no leverage at play? Mm, swear on something. Sophia, do you want do you want to throw in the bit about the boy as well? Oh, yeah. There's a boy called Charlie who is a really comfy pillow, but also dying. Um, so if you're going to help us, we need you to hurry up about it, you know? He nods and goes, yes, I can imagine that the citizens of Bloodholm are probably all in quite dire straits about now. Agreed. I am happy to include them in our deal. If I can work out what is wrong with you, then perhaps I can send Lucius back there to resolve the matter. Maybe you would all like to go with him. I don't know. We will see where the conversations lead, I guess. So, uh, I'm still confused about the whole not leaving kind of thing, but I suppose that, that'll come up later. Are you speaking as Rogar or as yourself? As Rogar, I, I think I'm saying that to him. I'm like, you know, because he, he's just re he's reiterating, you know, if he finds a cure, he'll send his, his friend essentially off to go and do something rather than, you know, doing it himself, which to me would be a more direct solution. Oh, don't worry if... Well, I'll throw that in as well, just to make you feel comfortable, oh pallid one. I will ensure that the three of you and your little robot friend can leave here once our conversations are done. Do you feel more comfortable now? I suppose so. Excellent. So, this is, I must admit, a bit of a difficult conversation, because it is hard to know exactly what it is worth telling you. Perhaps Lucius has informed you all that I am something of a seer. My specialities were always within the magical school of divination and a few other schools that I picked up in my latter years. But my powers have always been to see things that others cannot and to peer into the future. It is how I know all your names, it is how I know how Bloodhome would go, and it is how I knew you would all be here today speaking with me. Now, you may have met others like me in your lives, and there are other wizards who practice the same school. I am not the only one, but I am one of the foremost. It is a different gift to different people. Sometimes you will see some witch woman in the woods who will claim to peer into the mists and she will show you things through the haze. Sometimes you will see a wizard who works with a crystal ball and will show you images, little snapshots of worlds you have yet to truly understand. They all have their own ways and I have mine. I, on the other hand, I listen and I speak to the shadows and the formless void in between all things. It gives me sight of things that others would dare not look upon. It is occasionally dangerous, but it is one of the more accurate methods of seeing the future that I have ever attempted. And I must admit, through this last, well, I'd say this last year, nearly every vision of the future I have had has centered around the three of you. 
Every time I close my eyes, the shadows whisper your names. Every time I try to look about what is to come next, I see one of you three. You are bound to the future, woven into the fate of our world, and I am curious to know how you all feel about that, because though I may see things, that does not mean I get full context. So I am interested. The three of you, your actions, what you have done, they affect the world around us in ways that I don't think any of you truly understand. They have knock-on effects. They ripple throughout fate, throughout time, throughout the realms. Everything changes based on something you do, even when it is seemingly innocuous, letting someone live when perhaps you should have killed them, Thro overthrowing someone who perhaps should have stayed in power, attacking people when perhaps you should have spared someone. I don't know. I can never predict exactly what it will be that you'll do, but I keep seeing you all. And most alarmingly, every view of the future I have seen recently has involved three of you fighting in a war that I don't think any of you are expecting. And that worries Boy, me. War? Yes. What? Can I can I do something? Depends what you want to do. Can I can I can I um <laughs> can I throw the king in yellow at him like hot potato? <laughs> I mean you can attempt to, sure. Mm, I don't want to lose my book, but Yeah, I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see if he catches it. I I'm I'm gonna shout hot potato as well as I do it. As you fling it across the table, you notice his ring on one of his fingers flares for a moment and the book just holds in midair and he doesn't like move an inch just ah yes that book <sighs> you know when you dabble in things you don't understand when you pledge yourself to things that you could never comprehend you don't know what prices you're paying that book is a hefty price for whomever looks at it I hope you know what you're doing with it, Rogar McLeod. I well, hope it is in safe hands. Say, Rogar, lobbing shit at this guy. This guy just made a fucking chair move, right? If he wanted to, he could have just turned us all into frogs or something, or just lobbed us out the fucking window. No, don't throw things at the all-powerful fucking halfling in front of us. Dear God, man. It's just a game. Gee. Yeah, it's oh, stressing the over here, yeah? You should have known... Look, you hit Sophia in the face and cut her open last time you played that game. Stop playing fucking game! <laughs> <laughs> Rogar starts laughing. Uh, of course a... he does. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's been, been pretty cool up to this point, but, but seeing Rogar just launch something at the guy who's trying to explain all everything that's going on to us, and the guy who, <laughs> who is the most powerful person probably, maybe, maybe we've met, or at least certainly outside of Varadin. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he's definitely not the most powerful person I've met, but um, what, maybe the most powerful person. Um, how do you define a person? <laughs> yeah, I was just say, yeah. How do you find a person? <laughs> but certainly, certainly the most powerful person we've met in a while, and certainly the most powerful person we've met outside of Varadin, which is going to start lobbing shit at him. 
<laughs> yeah. In fact, I'm assuming you want to discuss this when we're talking one-on-one anyway. Um, Rugo, you watch as the book as it's floating in midair kind of levitates towards him and you assume he's using some sort of telekinesis and it kind of floats in front of him and he reaches out and touches it and kind of scribes his fingers upon the symbol that's on the front of him and goes, <laughs> Oh, I wondered if I would ever see such a text. It is incredibly dangerous. Even in the right hands, it's incredibly dangerous. Do be careful with it. And he flings it back at you. And he kind of just hits you square in the chest. Like, he doesn't do it to, like, knock you off Make balance, but just slams at you. Oh, all right, okay. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pick it back up and put it in my bag. Um, Wait, can we, can we find out about this fucking war that we're supposed to be fighting in? I mean, we've just, like, literally this week, we've escaped from a city which was attacked by angels and then turned into a giant, well, had a great big dome over the top of it, just as it was tearing itself apart. And, and, and yet this war overshadows that. This war's significance is made ever more so thanks to those events. As I say, your actions, even you just being in a place, seems to affect the flow of fate. And that is cause for concern. You being there, the actions you took there, resulted in the vanguard of the Divine Hand being locked away. Some of the most powerful forces for good in this world. Rogar's chuckling. Which means there will be an opposite effect. The power that has been growing within these lands will take its opportunity to strike. And that is where I keep seeing the three of you, and it doesn't seem to matter. That is what concerns me the most. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do. I have watched the three of you take over your little castle to the north. I've watched you try defend it. I've watched you try ignore events and just live out your days in cities across the world. I've watched you split up and go your separate ways, and it doesn't seem to change things. You get wrapped up in all of this in one way or another. That is not usual. The future is fluid. It changes when actions happen, but why the three of you are always drawn into these fights, I don't understand. Hey, yo, Ozzy, uh, any chance of, like, a magical cigar or anything? You know, you got any any big cigars that I can smoke around here? No? He watches a, uh, a little box, walks across the table, and opens. There's a couple of cigars in there. Awesome. Rogar is going to light up a cigar with a fireball and uh, put his feet on the table, lean back in his chair, and uh, puff on said cigar. Fireball. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I assume I don't have any other way to light it. So I thought, screw it, cantrip. Boom. <laughs> Can you just create the spark without the bolt? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just thinking. Maybe we don't want to. Man. <laughs> you do a uh, little blowtorch finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say like sm- smoking is going to kill you, but I, I really don't care if it kills you. <laughs> and it, what, <laughs> can it kill the undead? Uh, well, yeah, I. I, I hope it does. I mean, so what you're saying is that we don't have free will. Well, we do, but it doesn't matter because we are fated. If you had not come here, if I had not intervened, I would have said so. 
I would have said that no matter what actions you chose, you would have been drawn into this on terms that were not your own. I brought you here and I chose to tell you these things at this time because I thought, perhaps, perhaps if you have your own agency, your own will in this, it will not end the way it currently does. How does well, what, it end? Yeah, what way is that? kind of does that thing where he sort of pinches his nose a little bit and kind of rubs his eyes. Everything ends in shadow. When I peer into the darkness and I start looking forward, there always reaches a point where I can no longer see. The events that lead up to it don't make any connected sense that I can tell, but that is the nature of viewing the future. Everything ends, and I'm not sure what causes it. Perhaps it's not even an end, maybe I have been blocked from seeing that point. But what I do see is death and destruction, rampaging across these lands and all others. I see monsters the likes of which I have never encountered myself in all my long years. And I see... I see nightmares walking among mortals of this world. And I... I don't know what anyone can truly do to stop it. But I have to hope that if you three are so connected to it, maybe there is something you can do, even if you don't realize what you're doing. Perhaps with some forethought, with some knowledge, you may be able to fight against what is to come, or at least clear up these paths so I may see further and understand, understand what gamers at play here. Well, look, I don't mean to be... Uh rude but you got anything um anything to drink slightly stronger than tea hey he watches a um another side table kind of walks up and it's got a uh, a couple of bottles of whiskey and a decanter and a couple of glasses on there can i grab one of the bottles as it walks past? i was i was i was, I was gonna say t- t- tommy's gonna tommy's just gonna grab a decanter and, and he's kind of like looking at a middle distance mm. and he's gonna pour a drink and then he's just gonna drink from the bottle and just off, off and then just put the, put the bottle down and go right so how long have we got I do not know exactly in fact if you are willing to listen I have some suggestions of what we should do next but first off I will tell you what I know right now perhaps that will help form your decisions I have seen a, ma- a vast number of attacks happening all throughout these lands. They seem almost unconnected, random, just small hordes of creatures attacking villages, towns, occasionally getting up the uh, numbers to truly attack a city. But they are all connected. No one has yet realized that they are all flying under the same banners. And who would? Because we are seeing gnolls, orcs, trolls, Giants of all kinds, all working together. That has never happened. That is an anomaly that I cannot explain. But I do know what is driving the giants, at the very least, what is bonding them together. They seem to be inspired by some sort of prophecy of their own. Something to do with the legend of Othrin. I do not know exactly what this legend entails, nor what they think this prophecy exactly says, but I have to assume it is telling them that the time is now to try finish what Othrin once started. 
which is the conquest of this world and the supremacy of the giants. What is worse is that I have noticed in my visions signs of the demonic, rituals, symbols, the occasional sighting of monstrous creatures. The gnolls are constantly engaged in blood sacrifice. They are grabbing every civilian they can and doing unspeakable things to them to bring forth more and more demonic entities. I have never known giants to truck with demons, but perhaps that is part of their prophecy. Perhaps they're willing to do things that they were not willing to do the last time this all happened. But what I can tell you is that this is more coordinated than anyone knows, and that they are more dangerous than anyone is currently aware of. I cannot truly quantify how badly it will go for these lands, with the Divine Hand blunted, with giants, orcs, gnolls, trolls, and all manner of demonic monsters fighting together to wipe out the lesser mortal races as they view them. Tommy's going to take another big swig, <laughs> and he's going to, going to kind of um, proffer the bottle to the others. <sighs> Rogar's drinking the bottle of whiskey of his own, and uh, it's just kind of, I don't know, I almost want to say relaxing. Like, this isn't news to me, so, you know, I'm just kind of chilling, a little bit of villain. I'm going to, um, yeah, I'm going to offer a glass to Sophia. I'm good. I'm just going to be staring straight at him, trying not to um, itch and scratch. Hmm. <laughs> uh, right, so, all the all the races are gearing up, all the, the orcs and gnolls and, and all those creatures that live on the fringes of society are rising up together, and they're all trying to kill the rest of us and somehow the three of us are going to stop that three of yeah. you have managed to do things that frankly are quite remarkable for normal people he kind of eyes each of you a bit closely at that I don't know exactly how you would stop it I don't know if you have some ideas I don't know exactly how this will play out but I do know that if the three of you put your minds to it, perhaps you can do something. Something that others may not be capable of. I will say this before you start hunting down every gnoll or orc you see. I will say that not every tribe has rallied to this cause. You may find some that are not quite as gung-ho on the whole wholesale slaughter of all the other races. The giants seem to be the most bought in, but their, their belief is almost a fervor. They, it's like a, a religious awakening of sorts within their people. This, this legend, this prophecy has truly inspired them in ways that I did not think possible of them. I, I did not think the giants had the numbers to make such an attack, but it appears that they have been preparing for a long time. So whatever this prophecy is, that's somewhere to start. The shrine of Arthrin on the crown of the world, perhaps. He kind of raises his eyebrow goes, You know where the shrine is? Not exactly, but we have heard about it before. I think, well, in all things, knowledge is key. 
finding some understanding of just what has driven these giants into such a frenzy would be important. But by itself, it might not stop them, but at least understanding your enemy is a key to success. Do you know how we could find out about the legend? About the prophecy? Well, if his shrine is proving elusive, capturing a giant and asking them might be one solution. We're going to find a few there, I'm sure. We head towards the crown of the world. Of course, it depends what each individual giant knows. I mean, I cannot tell you what the best targets would be, but I have to assume certain giants are in charge. Perhaps taking one of their leaders alive might be a way to learn some information. But the shrine itself, if that contains... Well, if that contains some semblance of this legend, of this prophecy, of the life of that giant... That seems a good place to aim for. Just going to insight check him. Go for it. A ten. Oh. Ten. He, I mean, he's definitely being cagey, and he probably knows way more than he's letting on. But it, you don't feel like he's lied to you in what he's told you. Hmm. Clearly there's, there's more going on, which you can't tell us. I get that. But look, we're going to be putting our lives on the line to save the world, I guess. Is there anything anything else you can tell us? I'm not sure if there's anything I can tell you, but perhaps there is something I can show you. If the three of you are willing, I would lend you some power of my own to do a seeing. I was... I'm definitely down. Look, if you know me, you know anything about me. You know, that doesn't sit hugely well with me. Can you explain exactly what that would entail, please? What it would entail is that I will speak to the shadows on your behalf. I will use you as a focus, and that will allow me to pick out some more key moments of your individual futures. Perhaps make what is to come slightly clearer for all of you. I do not promise you that it will show you something useful, but perhaps it will illuminate something for you all. You're talking to the shadows. Is there like any elder gods or anything involved in this? No deities, no, but <laughs> I have been doing this for a long time and my tower is well protected. I am aware of the risks of my profession. I assure all of you that I will take all necessary precautions. I'm going to um, take another big swig of the whiskey and... Uh, in for a penny, in for a fucking power, then. How safe you, is this? And if you can kind of... Anyone who's looking carefully at Tommy, you can see genuine fear in his eyes. Probably worse than when fighting the colour out of space. <laughs> but you'd have to be really lucky. Say, so Rogar thinks he knows what's going on, thinks he knows who this guy talks to and whatnot, just based on a few things that he's said, so I'm just I'm confident I'm just going along with it I'm really not <laughs> I mean how safe is this what exactly are you going to do I well, need specifics I'm just going to turn to Sophia and say look Sophia I've, I've spoken with a seer before and I'm just going to pull out the skull and put it on the table I don't think we have anything to worry about let's just see what we need to know and we'll be back in no time Sophia, I, I get where you're coming from. Let him do me f before he does you. 
And if you notice any changes in me, then... If you, if you, if at all you're both worried, I'm quite happy to go along with this. I'm, you know... I'm sure you there, are, mate. Been there, done it. I'm sure you are. But just to say, to say that doing weird shit hasn't changed you, Rogar, will be a big fat lie. So, let's... Let's be cagey, let's be sensible, and those of us that want to keep our sanity can do so. I'll, I'll go before you, Sphere, and as I say, if you notice anything different about me, if it changes me, then don't let him do it to you, alright? Is that how this works? We can do one at a time? It will indeed be one at a time, but the choosing is neither yours nor mine. They will speak to who they wish to speak to, when they wish to speak to them. Look. If you wish to talk about it amongst yourselves, then I will give you a moment. But when you are ready, Lucius, and he kind of looks over to uh, our tiefling friend, he goes, you will hear who is to come in once they have decided. And he gets up off his chair and kind of walks over to a door that's on the far right-hand side of the room. And he opens it up and just walks through and closes it. And Lucius kind of kind of gives you guys a little bit of a shrug, like, Oswald never tells him shit and he uh, walks over <laughs> to the door and kind of stands like like a bit like a bouncer in front of the door just sort of leaning on it as if he's listening out for something As have you ever seen him do this before Lucius? um yes I mean he communes with this uh seeing stuff pretty often uh he's right that um it's better if you have a person he has shown me my future before so uh, it uses the uh, the specific person a bit like our focus uh, I don't know if any of you are familiar with magic, but uh, some people will cast spells through objects, right? Like, uh, you all have magic items on you, yes? Uh, you focus a spell through an item, it uh, has an effect. This is kind of like that. He focuses his magic through you, and hopefully you will see visions of the future. I mean, can he see what you see? Ah, uh, yes, he will also be granted a vision of what you see. Yeah, I mean... T- T- Tommy's still not not hugely convinced with the with the whole like how it actually works and stuff. I mean, it's every time people talk people talk to him about magic, he kind of knows it exists, but it still feels like someone's telling him, you know, about healing crystals and stuff. <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, it seems so passionate about this kind of stuff, but whatever. I feel mm. like the there's from what he's told us, and for the fact that he doesn't seem to be lying to us, they're kind of. We kind of need to know what he's got to say. You're all in agreement? I mean... Uh, I'm... Uh, uh, <laughs> Rogar's not really moved. He He's fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. Whatever. Lucius kind of nods and goes, okay. And he sort of stands there for a few moments and kind of closes his eyes and then goes, Right. Uh, congratulations, my uh, friend Tommy. You are the lucky winner. Time to go first. And he kind of stands slightly to the side of the door. Um, Tommy stands up, takes a deep breath, and walks nonchalantly with um, excessive nonchalance okay. towards the door. <laughs> you approach the door, and I mean, as you reach out to the handle, like nothing feels special about this door. It just looks like a normal kind of wooden door. As you open it and sort of step inside... You just, you see nothing whatsoever. It's just empty blackness. But as you walk through and the door shuts behind you, suddenly, Tommy, you're running through a dense forest. You hear the sounds of gunshots ringing all around you and wolves howling just out of sight. 
you dodge a gunshot with a roll and spin out of the forest into an open land covered with snow and ice. Before you, you see a large fortress. The building is under siege by monstrous giants. Hills, stone, frost, fire, and others you don't recognize from any of your storybooks as a child. The fortress is being assaulted from all angles by massive rocks, elemental magic, and just sudden explosions from within its walls. As soon as the walls begin to crumble, you see this tremendously large, this gargantuan shadow looming on the horizon, slowly making its way through the mountains that sit behind this fortress. You watch as a massive hand reaches out from the shadow to grasp on the fortress's highest spires and just snaps it with ease. The giants all roar in approval as they begin pouring inside the fortress through the broken walls, joined by a horde of trolls, gnolls, and orcs who quickly start setting fires. You stand there helplessly watching this rampant destruction, smoke rising to blot out the sky. As you feel a large, dark, purplish-red hand rest upon your shoulder, and the voice of Lorik addresses you. The more ye run, the more you try to hide. Others will simply take your place upon the pyre, as everything goes black. Outside the room, a few moments pass, and Lorik kind of looks over and goes, Okay, Sophia, you're up. Okay, fine, whatever. And I walk through it. Okay. Again, the door just seems normal. You open it, but as soon as you walk inside, it's just darkness everywhere. And then as you blink, suddenly you walk inside a magnificent, slightly gothic ballroom. You see black candles lit in wall sconces, providing dim light, through which you see many just attendants, like, dancing and enjoying themselves. You move through the crowd as the music swells, and you try your best to ignore the hungry looks most of the guests give you. As you reach the middle of the room and you scan the sides where all the guests are kind of lined up chatting, drinking, having fun, you spot your brother, David, sat surrounded by other guests who at first glance looked to be doting upon him, but they all wear that same ravenous look as they stare at him. You try push through the swirling dancing crowd to reach David, you shove the guests aside and you reach out your hand. He's within but a few feet, yet he seems unable to recognize you. His eyes are kind of glazed over. As you go to grab him, someone grabs your hand out of the crowd and spins you around. And you lock eyes with Solara as she pulls you into a dance. The music reaches a crescendo as the two of you move gracefully around the dance floor, the other guests looking on in approval. She pulls you close and whispers into your ear, You're dead as Jew, my love as you feel an intense pain on your neck, and blood begins to trickle down your chest as the world fades to black. Bugger. <laughs> Alright, big man. It's your turn. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna uh, stub what's left of the cigar out onto the table, finish off the whiskey that's in the bottle, and put that down. And I am going to stroll over like I am the champion of the world. <laughs> okay. So you walk up to the door and again open it. And as you step inside, even to your eyes, it is absolutely pitch black until you blink. 
and you find yourself within a large, open, underground area, a cavern hidden beneath the earth. Your armor and greatsword is soaked in blood, and all around you lies dead giants. Before you, a massive statue of a storm giant stands imposingly. Even wrought from stone, this creature looks terrifying, truly a monster of legend, and a name is carved into the base of the statue, Othrin. As you step forward, past the statue, and approach the shrine's entrance, the world starts to melt away, and you find yourself within a large, black iron chamber. There's a table and thrones, all fit for giants, sat within the center of this room. One chair is made of stone, another of ice, and a third of fire, with a fourth built from bone and draped in flesh carved into which you see the symbol of a triple-headed flail, the symbol of Yinogu. As you move closer to this table, reality seems to shimmer, and the vision bleeds away into an empty void. You see Oswald, sat cross-legged in the floor, with an arcane symbol drawn on the floor in chalk around him, candles lit, and they all suddenly snuff out. As you see, Oswald's breathing grows difficult. The halfling seems to gag and splutter as if he's being choked. Out of the darkness walks the Nightmare Man. <laughs> he crouches down next to Oswald and moves uncomfortably close to the wizard as Oswald's breathing grows more ragged. He runs one of his black armor-clad fingers across Oswald's cheek, just creating a long, thin cut that quickly begins bleeding down his neck and staining his robes. The Nightmare Man stands and faces you, Rogar. Before you react, you feel intense pain within your hands and feet, as four chains shoot out of the darkness, chains made of flesh with hooks fashioned from bone impale your extremities. You feel the living change retract just enough that you have to fight back to avoid your limbs being torn off. You're held in this suspended state nearly a foot off the floor as the Nightmare Man approaches. Where is the heart? I haven't found it yet. You feel the chains begin to pull and you can Feel your muscles starting to tear. You know if it goes any further, your limbs will literally be ripped off. And the man stares at you through that helmet that has no holes for the eyes, yet you know something. This creature, whatever it is, is looking at you. And you just hear, I no longer bring the heart to Ganaran. Oh, your punishment will be legendary, even within the Black Pyramid. The vision begins to fade, and the three of you are stood next to each other as if all your visions just ended simultaneously. But you see, Oswald is coughing up this black liquid as if he'd just been drowning and you can clearly see this cut along his cheek. It's kind of bleeding onto his robes a little bit, and he seems confused. Hmm. 
Does that uh, normally happen, Oswald? You don't look so good, mate. Kind of shook his, shakes his head a bit and goes, everything went dark, much like when I try to see into the future on my own. You didn't see anything? I saw snippets of the fortress being destroyed, eh? in a ball with people I did not recognize. And I saw some thrones made for giants. That's all. And then everything... Ah! He kind of shakes his head. Everything just black from then onwards. It's... That's not usual. I didn't expect that. What did the three of you see? Was that the same for you? Did they just end? <laughs> uh, they did for me, but... um. Our ghoul friend here is sniggering again, so I'm guessing he saw something from his god. Because he normally gets a little bit excited and creams his pants every time that happens. He <laughs> does do that, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he starts this, this maniacal cackling. Which he does, you know, generally when things get serious anyway, but it seems to be seems to be enjoying the laugh more when it's from his god rather than just because he's mad, you know. Uh, Rogar's not not. I'm gonna say not really heard what Tommy's just said. Yeah, almost recovering a bit from it himself, you know, because obviously it wasn't the uh, the most pleasant of uh, dreams. But um, <laughs> it's quite it's uh, it's quite it's quite uh, it's quite funny that you were uh, you didn't see that there, Rosie. But. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. I got your back. It's all good. <laughs> We're all fucked, Tommy. Probably. Oswald kind of wipes the blood from his cheek and looks at it for a moment and then goes, looks at you intensely for a second, Rogar, and says, Which one of them spoke to you? <laughs> well... I think that's more of a private conversation between you and I. Not for, no offence, guys, uh, the uninitiated, shall I say. What? He's not initiated? Uh, nah. No, I don't think so. You see, you hold a lot of stuff in the way from us, Rogar, and you know what? Fair enough. Everyone's entitled to a little um, private time with their gods and that. But, fate of the world of ourselves, I don't think I want any information withheld. So, eh, nah, not going anywhere. As you guys okay. are talking, the door swings open and Lucius kind of pops his head and goes, Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, someone's trying to get into the tower. Thought you'd want to know. Oswald sort of quickly moves past you all and heads back into his study. Uh, do you go with him? Uh... I mean, I'm just going to have a quick look around the room for a second to see if there's anything else in this room, because this is a room I haven't looked at. Uh, it's uh, kind of a large, just stone chamber that you imagine is something he uses for rituals and such. Like, you can see lots of um, books on the side that look quite old and worn. You see, like, um, various, like, implements like chalk and uh, ingredients for spell casting, stuff like that. It seems to be like a little private sanctum. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I guess I'll um, follow him out and find out what's going on. I'm going to let the other two walk out first, and uh, I'll follow in the route, you know, last. 
That's fine. So as you come through, uh, you just catch as um, Lucius is explaining to Oswald. I, I can see just through the window, uh, through this telescope, look, and he kind of pulls a little telescope down, out of his uh, pocket, you know, like one of those the ones that are collapsible ones, um, mm-hmm. and hands it to Oswald and goes, that's um, not quite certain what she's trying to do. Um, seems to be getting very angry and animated. Uh, I don't know, uh, any of you three know a might be like a young half-elf. Seems to be screaming excitedly in the woods, and she tried Solara, to fire Solara. a... Uh, Solara. Does she tend to try fire lightning bolts at towers? Yeah, pretty much. Sounds about right, yeah. Not normally at towers, normally at um, people, but only when they annoy her. Ah, so she's a friend? Yes, uh, she's I'm, a good friend. Please let her in. I mean, I mean... She's oh, well. a friend. She, she, she's, she's a. She, I'd, I'd put her down as a friend. Sophia might put her down as something more than that. Rogar, something less. <laughs> I have absolutely zero issues with Solara. Uh, she is a upstanding citizen of little knowledge. <laughs> Don't give you a dirty look and then look excited to go see her. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Let's hope she isn't a vampire. <laughs> um, Oswald kind of looks at you on the and goes, Oh, yes, uh, the half-elf woman. Uh, yes, I remember her from a few of the visions. Fine, more the merrier. And he walks back over to his table that he was at originally with all his scrolls and spells and that. And you notice he pulls out a symbol from one of his drawers and kind of puts it on the table and whispers a few words. And all of a sudden, Solara appears within the room with just this flash of blue light. And she looks very confused because she was just stood outside with some trees. Where the <laughs> hell am I? What? 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 Oh, Sophia, hi. Where the fuck are we? Hey, Solara. This is Oswald. He's a wizard. Uh, I think, n- and absolutely no offense to your own spellcasting abilities at all. I really do mean this, but I think, like, way up there. Like, I mean, you're, you're, you're here, which is miles above us, but he's like, boom. Oh, like, stop, talk, stop talking. Give me, give me a hug. Uh, she does give you like, just like a big hug. And then uh, someone goes, okay, cool. Wizard dude. Hi. Nice to meet you. Thank you for the teleportation. I wasn't sure how I was going to get in. I kept walking into trees. That seems a bit rude. Um, so, nice to see you all again. Um, a little sooner than I expected. How have you been? Crumbling. Oh, God. Yeah, you're all... What the... And she kind of looks at Sophia properly as, like, you were hugging her. And she goes, oh, my God. What what has happened to you? Dust. Uh, well, and Tommy basically gives her the, the briefest rundown on everything that's happened since she left. I see. Well, that's mixed parts terrifying and horrifying. Great. You know, usual, well, I say usual week for us, I guess, kind of is. I mean, I'm kind of sad I, did, I missed the giant snake attacking the angels. That are, kind of sounded cool from a spectator point of view, but... um, I mean, if we hadn't been involved in it, it would have made a sick heavy metal album cover. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, not not the most fun thing to live through. Cool. Okay, well... That's great. Um, hey, Sophia, I need to talk to you. You got a moment? Yeah, tight. Um, hey, uh, 
halfling wizard man, is there somewhere private nearby? Like a room? Um, yes, I suppose you can use my sanctum. It's uh, soundproofed and covered in various enchantments. Woohoo! Everybody whinges when Rogar does Well, I'm just well. thinking exactly the same thing, so don't feel like don't feel like that. Um, look, I'm not hugely keen on being left out of stuff at the moment. Hey, is this, hey, is hey, this, hey! Is this, look, just be honest with me, is this fate of the world stuff, or is this relationship stuff? Because, look, I'm not judging or touching anywhere near that second one at all. Just want to know, is this something that's going to affect us all or not? And if you can tell me straight it's not, that's fine. Uh, Rogar, if you were with someone you were having relationship with, I'd, I'd give you privacy on that. But fate of the world shit, I, I want to know. Not the fate of the worlds. We had separate dreams. You weren't there. I don't understand. Mm. Yeah. Well, so, uh, benefit of the doubt to Solara, just is it going to affect a lot of us? Um, I mean, I don't think so. It's kind of a personal thing. Um, am I okay to go do this now? Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, I, I got an insight check of 13 on her. Um, it's definitely personal. Okay. Uh, she's, she's, been, she's been honest about that. Yeah. Okay. She grabs um, Sophia's hand and starts dragging her to the uh, sanctum room. I um, look back and give her, everybody a wink. <laughs> yeah, now you see, that's what I thought it might be. <laughs> so, as, 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 much, as much as I'd like to be in that room, <laughs> well, they're probably not going to let me in willingly. As the door kind of shuts and the two of you are alone in there, she goes, Okay, so a lot's happened. And I have a lot to tell you. Um, a lot of really important things, I guess. But uh, this bit, I I think I kind of had to do this. Um, I kind of had to do this in private. Okay, um, you're scaring me. Well, look, I, I'm sorry. Okay, I. Oh, God damn it! I can't. And she she reaches into a pocket and she pulls out this small silk pouch. And she sort of holds it for a second and goes, I I need you to... Um, and she starts to reach out towards you, like to proffer it. And then she just shakes her head and throws it to one side and goes, No, 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 this isn't... And then you watch as her eyes kind of glaze over. And Sophia, you start to hear little whispers in the room. And tell me, what languages do you speak? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, common, elvish, draconic, and abyssal. You know, the usual ones. Yeah, so you speak <laughs> elvish. <laughs> yeah. Language of the nobles and all that. You hear echoing around Solara, almost as if it's like in a haze around her head as she kind of stands still for a moment and sort of sways back and forth. You hear, The deal is set, young half-elf. You of Eladrim blood. Sorcerer of the Storm, Hunter of the Shadow. In exchange for our aid, you will bring... And it kind of echoes out, and then echoes back in again. Defy your word, betray our accord. And it echoes out and fades back in one last time. Your life shall be naught but ash upon the winds. 
and you see her eyes go back to normal and she looks incredibly confused as she looks around the room and then looks at you, Sophia, as you're presumably looking quite concerned. Yes, definitely. And she goes, um, hi, who are you? You're taking the piss, right? And that's where we're going to end the episode. <laughs> what have you done to Solara, you dickhead? <laughs> Stay tuned for episode 100. In a few weeks' time, because I'm going on holiday. <laughs> yeah, we we'll have a short, short break before we hit the big 100. Yeah, you got an extra long one this week to make up for the fact that you're not getting some GTNP for the next couple of weeks. But then we'll so go, go, go back, listen back to yes, there's the back catalogue. No, 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 let's get this sorted out. What the fuck have you done? <laughs> 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 hey, to my hug. girlfriend. You got, you got a hug. What more do you want? <laughs> Alright, okay, so fine, fine. You guys aren't getting any, so obviously mess with me. Whatever. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with that uh, fun little conclusion there, thank you for joining us, everyone. That was Gunpowder Trees and No Plot. You can find us on all major podcast providers, and if you want to uh, contribute to us, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash gtmp. We are all on Twitter. I am there at, at treasonno. My players are there with their player names and gtmp at the end of it. And we have a Facebook group and a WordPress website for lore and goodies and stuff like that. So check them all out. And I will hand you over to my players to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice, as much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Lost Art of Wrestling and the Lost Art of Podcasting. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day, I'll be in the Red Scar Cafe on Red Scar Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. Social distancing is advised. And if you want to hear more from me, I'm afraid, as usual, you can't. But as we started last week, we shall continue with... Um, Tommy's Dictionary of Implements of Bodily Harm. So, B is for bow, which is a nice bit of kit, nothing fancy, just some wood and a bit of string tied to it. But in the right hands, you can punch a hole through plate armour. Well, it's not my cup of tea, really. It takes too much practice to master, and I've got much more important things to be doing with my time. But I appreciate the benefits, because it's almost silent. You know, you can get those stealth shots in from wherever you are. And um, it's pretty rapid to reload. I mean, you can get a decent rate of fire up on it. Um, Sophia's a real master with it, as in because she's put all the you know, the necessary hours in. But, you know, I guess you've got to do something to keep yourself occupied when you're in the middle of bumfuck nowhere for so long. Okay. And my D&D joke of the day is, which body of water do you get bonuses to sail across? Which? The proficiency... Oh, fuck you. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you are welcome. You guys told me you loved them, so I'm going to keep doing them. <laughs> it's the worst idea I've had in a long time. And I've been married to Matt for five years, so. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, love. I love you coming up soon. Hey! Uh, and, and again, you're wrong. The letter of today is X, as in Zorn or Corns which are rather odd-looking creatures. They're symmetrical bodies with large mouths on top of 
them surrounded by three long arms interspersed with their three eyes. Uh, Zorns are scavengers, and they consume minerals, rocks, and gems. And in fact, they don't digest meat at all, so they couldn't eat any of the creatures of the material plane, unlike Rogar, mm. who hasn't eaten in a while, actually, if I think about it. No. Oh dear. Munch some tail meat, bro. <laughs> I, I assumed I was keeping myself fed while, over those three days. Mm. That I hope so. Well. <laughs> Ash, <laughs> yeah. Ash smoothies from all the... Um... <laughs> That's what he rocks up to the uh, morning sermon with. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, remember Jim? Good guy, good guy. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye. See ya. Can anyone hear us? Can anyone hear us? I'm trapped in this bumper. We're both trapped in this bumper. Oh no, how How do do we we... end up in here? Well, how do we escape? Okay, look, maybe if we send everyone to necropoticon.com, we can escape. But not just that. What what if we send them to the Discord as well? Yes, that's great. You have to go to the website, which is www.necropoticon.com. And you'll find a Discord on there. And if you want, I guess, if, if you've got time while releasing us, you could play games and chat with the people from the various podcasts you've been listening to you can read all the cast and crew profiles you can be part of special events in fact we're missing out on that by being trapped in this bumper help free us from this bumper and we'll see you over at www.necropodicon.com we are in mortal pain if you this do not sucks. please we suffer in this bumper us. save us ah! Necropodicon hard to pronounce Easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.